From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett. Pro-democracy former lawmakers in Hong Kong say they will continue to campaign against the government despite their mass resignation from the city's legislature. The resignation was made in protest at orders from Beijing to disqualify four opposition lawmakers who were deemed a threat to national security. Richard Kimber reports from FSN's bureau in Hong Kong. The chairman of the Democratic Party, Wu Qiwai, says the mass resignation is a bid to show the world how, quote, ridiculous it is for Beijing to have ousted four opposition lawmakers. He says that while the Legislative Council will no longer have opposing voices, the fight for democracy would continue outside the chamber. We have to keep on. We cannot give up because once we give up, it means we lose forever. Beijing described the mass resignation as a farce and said the disqualifications that prompted it were necessary to ensure the stability of society. Those disqualifications have faced international condemnation. The U.S. said the move flagrantly violated Hong Kong's autonomy. President-elect Joe Biden's named long-running aide Ron Klain as his chief of staff. He's perhaps best known for his role as the White House's Ebola response coordinator under President Barack Obama. Jagruti Dave reports from Washington. Ron Klain is one of Joe Biden's closest advisers, having previously served as his chief of staff when he first became vice president in 2009. But their history of working together goes as far back as the late 1980s. Klain has also held other senior positions with top Democrats, including Vice President Al Gore. He brings with him extensive public health experience through his work tackling the Ebola crisis, a nod to the fact that Joe Biden has indicated the coronavirus pandemic will be his top priority. In a statement, Mr Biden cited Klain's deep, varied experience and capacity to work with people all across the political spectrum and said this was what he needed in a White House chief of staff. Boris Johnson's Downing Street administration is in turmoil after one of his top advisers quit. Lee Kane says he'll step down as Director of Communications despite having been offered a promotion to Chief of Staff at Number 10. It's leading to reports of a rift in Downing Street between camps of advisers and officials and speculation about further resignations. Opposition Labour leader Keir Starmer says it's a distraction. This is pathetic. I think millions of people are waking up this morning, scratching their heads, saying, what on earth is going on? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, we're all worried about our health and our families. We're all worried about our jobs. And, they're, and this lot are squabbling behind the door of number 10. It's pathetic. Pull yourselves together. Focus on the job in hand. More than 8,000 people tested positive for coronavirus in Delhi in the last 24 hours, the biggest single-day surge reported by any Indian state so far. Experts blame the toxic air in Delhi and increased mobility, with more people stepping out ahead of the Hindu festival of Diwali. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. Obamacare. The very sound of it makes many of us cringe because we know our choices have been limited and the premiums just keep going up every year. We send our money to big insurance companies who cover elective abortions and profit from us while we struggle to make the monthly payments. Aren't you ready to break free from the shackles of high-cost health care? Please meet my friends at the Alliance for Shared Health. ASH for short. ASH is a health share ministry with over 40,000 households participating. They integrate best-in-class healthcare access solutions with the health share world to solve the health care crisis. As a member, you share in the financial burden related to catastrophic health care expenses while also having your own needs met. It's so easy. 
You can access the virtual care provider at zero cost, pick up a prescription from the pharmacy using the share prescription card, and order expensive lab or imaging tests at discounts of 60 to 80%, conveniently accessed on your phone via the Share mobile app. Not only is Ash helping U.S. residents break free from government-controlled health care, Ash is an international health share ministry. $1 per household per month connects members to its East African health share predecessor, where thousands and thousands of lives are being saved through the Ash-funded pediatric hospital in the remote villages. With open enrollment here, now is your chance to save 50 to 70 percent on your monthly premiums while making a difference in the lives of so many in need. Reach out to Ash today. Visit ashcommunity.org. That's ashcommunity.org. Alliance for Shared Health. Changing healthcare, changing lives. Head over to stacyontheright.com to sign up and find out more. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom, righteously American. Welcome to the program, Stacey Washington, live and in the chair with you right now, and I have a fantastic show planned for you. Listen, we are going to be discussing what do we do when we don't know what to do, what to do when you don't know what to do. We are also going to be going over a few things that are so important. This is the podcast you want to share. Of course, I'm always political. I really get a little upset when people say, oh, no, you're going political. I'm always political, just like I'm always a Christian, just like I'm always a woman, just like I'm always a wife and a mom and a friend and a sister and, an, you know, all, all those things. I'm always those things. It's not that I'm going political. I'm, I've gone. I, I, I've been there for so long. I want to point you to a resource today. And it's a good one. It's by Dr. David Jeremiah. It's a book called What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do, the book of James. And then it has a companion with it, which is a, a workbook, a study guide, if you will. I love calling them workbooks because that's from days of old. But nowadays we call these study guides. And it's so you can do a Bible study with friends, but you can also run through this by yourself. Now, why am I pointing you to this today instead of discussing the latest numbers of uh, ballots or what have you that have been cast or dis- invalidated or whatever? Because people are on edge and they're afraid. And we just recently hear... Here, I know in St. Louis and I know in Illinois, county executives, mayors, et cetera, have made these announcements that they're going to lock people down again, prevent you from having Thanksgiving, prevent you from being with family, just more strictures on what you can do in your own home or whether or not you can leave your house. Now, if you're like me, you're going to do what you're going to do, right? You're going to do whatever you're going to do. But God has something for us, um, and that is peace and calm and the ability to literally joyfully ride through this time. I was sharing on Parlor, and I'm at Stacy on the Ride on Parlor. This song, so I was on Instagram checking out some, you know, some some pictures, which is what Instagram is all about. And a person that I follow on there, I, I don't, I don't particularly think she's a woman of faith, but I follow her because she's had this amazing weight loss journey, and she's so inspirational, and she has really fun posts. So she posted this song. She was actually playing it in, in a story so you could see her, um, her like a, it was her coffee maker and she's making some coffee. And it's this song called Six Feet Apart by Luke Combs. And it's 
a country western song, which I actually like country music. I like rock and roll. I like all genres. I grew up um, an army brat, so radio was every single genre of music for two hours a day. So I grew up with that. And I just, I can't believe how much the song touched me. He says, I miss my mom. I miss my dad. I miss the road. I miss my band. Giving hugs and shaking hands. And I just thought to myself, I feel the same way, although I don't have a band, (laughs) but I miss people. I miss being out without a mask on. I miss people just making eye contact and a little smile or, or walking on. Everyone looks at everyone else so suspectingly now. It's as if we all think just making eye contact can pass the coronavirus. I thought the song was so lovely. And then I thought about how much fear I'm seeing, even in the face of the fact that the mortality rate for this virus has gone down so low. The idea is that we're still supposed to be deathly afraid of it. And we're supposed to adjust every part of our lives, even to the point of destroying our economy, uh, our businesses, and our relationships just to avoid getting it. Now, I'm not advocating getting the virus, but I am also advocating that we need to be as normal as possible. When we're in fear, our immune system is suppressed, and it means that we are unable to fight viruses and illnesses as well as we could if we weren't afraid. So one of the most important things we can do is not operate in fear. And the primary way that we do that is by knowing who we are in Christ. So I've taken the Freedom in Christ Ministries uh, Bible study. You can find out more about it at freedominchrist.com. And it there's a little card they give to you when you decide to take the class. It's, it's who I am in Christ. All of the Bible verses that tell us who we are. And I'm going to run through those with you because I want you to take these. You can Google the phrases that I'm going to give you because I'm not going to read off every single uh, chapter and verse. But the point is that you can take these and you can meditate on those. Instead of listening to negative news, meditate on these. Instead of focusing on how many new cases of coronavirus there are, you can meditate on these scriptures. And then then I want to move into a couple of other verses and then the pertinent part of the lesson from uh, Dr. David Jeremiah's What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. So let's start off here. There are three headers. I am accepted. I am secure. I am significant. The topic is who am I in Christ? This is for you to say to the Lord. You're praying this to the Lord. I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I have been justified. I am united with the Lord, one spirit. I am bought with a price. I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a saint. I have been adopted as God's child. I have access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed and forgiven. I am complete in Christ. I am free forever from condemnation. I am assured all works together for good. I am free from any charge against me. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I am established, anointed, sealed by God. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am confident that the good work God has begun in me will be perfect. I am a citizen of heaven. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I can find grace and mercy in time of need. I am born of God. The evil one cannot touch me. And then lastly, under I am significant, I am the salt and light of the earth. I am a branch of the true vine, a channel of his life. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am a personal witness of Christ. I am God's temple. I am a minister of reconciliation for God. I am God's co-worker. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. I am God's workmanship. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Satan wants you to believe you are a sinner because you sin. God's truth is that you are a saint, one declared righteous by God. You sin, but you are declared righteous by God. Your identity comes from what you have done. That's Satan's lie. Your identity actually comes from what God has done for you through Jesus Christ's work on the cross. So you don't have to own the sin that you have. Whatever you're struggling with, that is not what defines you. Jesus Christ defines you as co-heir because he died for you on the cross. That supersedes anything else. Am I saying don't worry about sinning? Of course not. Work 
to not just repent, but turn away from and renounce your sin. But as you're doing that, you don't do that as someone who is beaten down and condemned. You do that as someone who is justified in Christ Jesus. You are able to approach the throne of grace and ask for mercy and to repent and to turn away from your sin. Satan also says your identity comes from what people say about you. Well, if they're saying good things, you might think, hey, not so bad. But if they're saying bad things, then what? Your identity actually comes from what God says about you. And the only way you know that is if you pick up your Bible or in today's modern times, instead of scrolling through, you know, endless posts about how horrible everything is, go to your Bible app or just go to your search engine, your DuckDuckGo and type in the Bible verse, scripture verse about sadness, scripture verse about loneliness, scripture verse about fear. All of the verses will come up and you can read through those and get an understanding. God says to us in the Bible, 365 times do not fear. That's one time for every day of the year. He doesn't want us living in fear. And then the last thing that the Freedom in Christ Ministries teaches is your behavior tells you what to believe about yourself. Well, God tells you that your belief about yourself determines your behavior, which means you have to believe what God says about you if you want to change your behavior. Now, I'm saying this sitting here as someone who I have my own struggles, my own things that I'm working through. Uh, so I'm, I'm certainly not from on high someplace. I'm right here with you, a sinner saved by grace, someone that I rely on God constantly to help me improve and move away from the things that I struggle with. So I wanted you to have that knowledge to be able to utilize during this time because people's hearts are growing faint. They're really feeling as if nothing in the world that they knew was okay is okay anymore. And this is what's called a shaking when God gets down into our culture, into our country. And he says, you know what? You can keep thumbing your nose at me, but I'm going to show you who you are. We've had everything exposed, Hollywood, the sports industry, the elections now are being exposed. And every one of these shakings is is to give us an opportunity to choose Jesus Christ or the other guy. It's an opportunity for us to say, you know what? I, I'm not supporting that anymore. I'm not going to support Netflix anymore. They're promoting child pornography. I'm not going to support the NBA anymore. They will do business with China, even though China is persecuting the Uyghurs for religious persecution. They have gulags going on. They're, they're trying to take over Hong Kong and suppress the people of Hong Kong. I can't support that anymore. This is the opportunity for us to pick a side. We can no longer hang out in the middle and say, well, you know, I'm an independent and I just don't like either one. Sure, fine, say that, but you can't be independent from the word of God. You're either supporting it, you're either reading it and trying to live by it, or you're against it, you're in opposition to it, and you're on the other team. That brings me to a couple of really encouraging Psalms that I find in this time, you're praying scripture back to God. We should always be doing that, but especially when there's turmoil all around us and things look dire, you look to God's word and you find what it says about the situation you're in. And Psalm 37 is perfect for today. Listen to this. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And for yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace." 
it goes on. It's a lengthy psalm. It has uh, 41 verses, 40, 40, 40 verses. I encourage you, a friend of mine printed a copy out and was passing them out. And I was like, oh, I know this psalm. When you print out a Bible verse, you can highlight it. You can put it by your bedside. You know that you have access to it. Even though our phones are convenient, there's nothing like holding a piece of paper while you're praying you're pray reading scripture back to God so that he can he can hear you obviously you hear yourself those words come out of your mouth they go into your ears your eyes are consuming the words as you're ta- as you're uh, as you're reading them and you're holding the piece of paper so it's all of your senses are engaged and it's a tactile experience and it's also prayer which remember when we pray we're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms where else do you want to be in a time like this where we are right now other than with Christ in the heavenly realms so the next psalm that I want to encourage you to take a look at and I put this one in the show notes, is Psalm 64. He says, "Hear," and this is to the chief musician, a Psalm of David. Hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the rebellion of the workers of iniquity, who sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, bitter words that they may shoot in secret at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who will see them? They devise iniquities. We have perfected a shrewd scheme. Both the inward thought and the heart of man are deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded. So he will make them stumble over their own tongue. All who see them shall flee away. All men shall fear and shall declare the work of God. For they shall wisely consider his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and trust in him. And all the upright in heart shall glory. That's 10 verses of straight up biblical fire. This comes right from the time of David into 2020 and speaks to everything we're seeing. That's why God's word is so good in season and out of season. It is always perfect and it's always appropriate. You can always go to the word and find something that is completely and perfectly applicable to your situation and then grab hold to it. He's not just talking a little bit of fluff here. David is talking about living in fear of Saul and how everywhere he goes, Saul is hunting him down, but he is righteous and blameless and has done no wrong. Yet Saul still chases him, still wants his life. He describes how the wicked shoot bitter words as arrows and they shoot them in secret. You don't even know they're talking bad about you. But the next time you see someone and you're all bright and sunny and hello, that person seems negative towards you because they've been listening to these bitter words. He says they encourage themselves in an evil matter. They're planning and plotting wickedness and being evil and encouraging themselves in that horrible work. They're laying snares for people. They're saying, who's going to see this? They're devising iniquities. They're perfecting a shrewd scheme. What does that sound like? This whole voter fraud thing we're watching. Both the inward thought and the heart of man are deep. So we can be deeply, deeply righteous or we can be deeply wicked. Then verse seven says, but God, but God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded. He will make them stumble over their own tongue and all who see them will flee away. So he's telling us through the Psalm of David that we need not fear these secret bitter words or the plans and plots that they have laid out secretly to ensnare us or anyone else because God is aware of everything that is going on. God is not surprised by the voter fraud. He's not surprised by anything that we do. We have our own individual liberty and and ability to control ourselves with choice But that does not exist outside of God knowing every decision we could possibly make, planning for that eventuality, and in the end, knowing what we're going to do. So let's go on to uh, what to do when you don't know what to do. Now, this has been, it's an excellent devotional. And I actually got this from a friend. She gave me this book. 
she didn't actually say, here's this book, this devotional on what to do when you don't know what to do. She didn't know about last year when I was with AFR and, and they terminated my contract. And uh, she just had a bunch of books. She and her husband were doing every every door, every drawer, which is a organizing method where you go through your house and you organize everything behind every door and everything in every drawer. And she pulled out a bunch of devotionals that they'd done or maybe not done, a bunch of books, lots of different genres of books from cookbooks, everything else. And it must have been maybe almost 200 books. And she'd they were basically culling them. And I said, well, we're going to the Half Price Books. Do you want me to take them and drop them off? And our daughter, who is a voracious reader, you know, the daughter of the youngest, I've mentioned her before, she went with me because she was like, Mom, if there's anything, do you think our friend will let me have anything? I said, of course she will. So we went over and she was like, first, you pick anything you want to take, Maddie, and then, you know, we'll go uh, we'll go donate the rest. And I said, OK, you know, fantastic. So we went through and I, I saw this devotional. I was like, wow. I, I said, you know, to my friend, do you mind if I take this? She said, please take whatever you want and the rest of it, you know, donate it to half price books or wherever. She said, we're just trying to get this stuff out of the house. And I know you guys love books. And so we we often go to estate sales together and we go straight to the library of the estate sale and, you know, we buy books. Um, because she's read everything in her all the genres at the library that we go to. So we have to buy stuff in order to find things that she has not read. So I saw this one and I just grabbed it. And then you know, like right around that same time, I, I, I'm thinking it's like right after that, my contract gets canceled and I really didn't know what to do. And so I just was sitting at, you know, obviously I'm doing some crying and everything and I'm looking and I, I see this book and I'm like, wait a second. So I only had the book, the study guide I actually ordered from Dr. David Jeremiah at Turning Point Ministries at his website. And as soon as it came, I realized what a perfect word in due season this was for me. So I'm just going to share with you something from the overview Under the heading, Celebrate the Reason Behind Your Trials, Dr. David Jeremiah says, our first principle is to celebrate the reason behind whatever trial we are experiencing. James was originally writing this dissertation to scattered believers, literally to scattered Jews. James is writing to these Jewish believers who have been scattered out among the nations. The whole book was written to encourage and strengthen them. It says most of us today aren't suffering from the same persecution, although persecution seems to be on the rise against Christians in the world today. For the Jews, their trials were packaged as persecution, but for us, it could be the loss of a job. I was reading this thinking, wow, the loss of a job. This happens to so many people. I wasn't alone in that. It could be a divorce or trouble with our children or some kind of severe financial strain, illness, or death in the family. But this emphasis on trials by James was just as relevant to us now as it, is, as it was then for the scattered Jews. I'm not going to read the rest of that. I'm going to skip ahead. Calculate the results of your trials. So the first point is to celebrate the reason behind the trials. And the second is to calculate the results. Notice what it says in verses three and four, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let's examine the two nouns that are produced in the result of these difficult times. Trials produce durability. Well, that's true. You become stronger under the pressure of trials. Tribulations build patience. Patience is not a passive attitude. Patience isn't just sitting back and letting happen whatever happens without any response. The word patience, as used in verse 4, is really an active word. It means perseverance and determination. It means when you're going through things you don't understand and they don't make sense to you, God is in the midst of all of that and he will not always tell you what he's doing, but he will teach perseverance And you will be able to learn how to play hurt. And that's like a football term. (laughs) So if you're a Christian, sometimes you have to play hurt. Sometimes in the midst of trouble, when you don't know what's going on and you can't figure out what God's up to, you have to trust God and keep living by faith day to day. 
And this is how we learn perseverance. God teaches us how to do the things we ought to do, even when the expected result is all is not always there. He also says that trials produce maturity. Then I'm going to explain that because I know you know that people who've been through things, one of the hallmarks of those people is that they are mature. They are steadfast and immovable. They appear to be the same no matter what their circumstances. They have a kind of long-suffering ability to endure not just annoyances, but truly difficult people, circumstances, behaviors from others. They can endure it because they've already been through trials that were worse than whatever that person can put out, and they've endured that beforehand. Listen, I could go on and on and on, but I feel like I've given enough for this podcast, and I just want people to listen to this. And then if you feel anything that has been shared here is awesome, or at least applicable, please share it. Not for the numbers, not for, you know, not so my podcast can be number one on whatever metric, but so people can be helped. Right now, I feel really burdened to see so many people operating in fear. And it's not that I never feel fear myself, but I know what I have to do. I have to run to my high tower, my shelter. I have to run to God's wings and hide myself there because the fear is the tool of the enemy to get me to sin or to to lower my immune response so I can get sick or to make me operate within that fear, which means making bad decisions. We all make mistakes, but we don't have to make as many if we get out of fear and get into God's word. So I hope that, you know, like I said, that you'll share this and that also you'll visit StacyOnTheRight.com and check out the Alliance for Shared Health. If your health insurance is really high right now, um, if you've had another increase, the health sharing ministry is there to alleviate that. You can save up to 70% off the cost of what you're paying, which is a blessing. That saved cash can go into your budget to do something else with. But all of your health insurance needs and your prescription needs, those costs are shared by people within the Alliance for Shared Health community. And then you're able to go to any doctor you want. You're no longer restricted to these network type things. It's really, it's just fantastic. So check it out at StacyOnTheRight.com. Enjoy the weekend. If you can get outside, do it. Download the song I was talking about. It's pretty awesome. I'm Stacy Washington. Check out FamilyVisionMedia.org. And God bless you. Talk to you again soon.